I have preached on this gospel, I think, 50 times at this Advent. Holy cow, it keeps coming up again and again and again. But it is a phenomenal gospel. And, it, you know, we'll never fully be able to get into it and grasp it and find out really what it means. We can only get glimpses into the reality of what one young woman named Mary did by her saying yes to the will of the Father. And there's a couple things that happen here we need to look at. First, we've got to look at the reality of we need to say yes to the will of God. In the midst of that, we cannot be afraid. Second, when we say yes, God takes up residence inside of our hearts very powerfully, very fully, very completely. And then third, when we say yes to God, we have to know that nothing is impossible with God. You know, and those are what we really need to reflect on today because I believe again and again, most Christians just go through their emotions about being a Christian. Yeah, I love this and I don't want to go to hell when I die. So yeah, I believe Jesus. Yeah, very nice. That ain't what we're talking about. We're talking about a life transformed by the person of Jesus Christ. We're talking about a person who was one way and now they've come to a relationship with Jesus and their whole life has been changed and everything is seen now through the eyes of Christ, not through their own life. That's what it is to be a Christian. That's what it is we must strive to be every moment of our life. And so let's all go to Luke chapter 1. In Luke chapter 1, we see very clearly what's happening here. First of all, God always makes the first move, right? Very basic principle in Christianity. God always makes the first move. He did it when he created us. He did it when he reached out to Abraham. He did it when he reached out to Moses. He did it when he reached out to John. He did it when he reached out to Mary. God always makes the first move. God knows what he's going to do. Sometimes we wonder if God really knows what's happening. He knows what's happening. He even knows, more importantly, what's happening in your life, and he got to be in charge of it. You know, sometimes you ever look up in God and say, God, I really don't think you understand here. You know, the other day uh, when I was at uh, Hershey last weekend, and uh, there was one of those times, huh? Before the, before the game, I'm in my hotel room, and I said mass for the team that did <laughs> win, and uh, <laughs> I did. And I said, okay, God, come on. You can do this. Of course he could do it. And then I says, but if it's not your will, that's okay. You know, and then I said, make sure, though, God, you know, one gets hurt and they do their best for your greater honor and glory. And then I was doing it. I'm saying, okay, good, good, good. Oh, no, 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 God, what are you doing here? Like it's all his fault, huh? But what happened was I was trying to tell God, listen, God, this is my will, and I want you to make sure you get it done for me, okay? When we do that, who's in charge? We are. God needs to be God. So the next day, I had to have mass for all these kids <laughs> and the coaches. It was a pretty day. It was like having a funeral. And last Sunday was what? Gaudete Sunday. Let us rejoice. So here I am with this funeral of kids and their parents and the coaches. The coaches were worse off than the kids. And everybody's going, and I'm going, okay, Lord, you got to help me with this one. Huh? And as I'm sitting there talking to them, I'm saying, gentlemen, this is Gaudete Sunday. Let us rejoice. Now, I'm sure some of you aren't rejoicing, but I said, let's get this. I said, you know how you felt last night? Oh, well, you don't want to feel that way at the end of your life when you stand before God, do you? One second away from having eternal life with God. So you make sure that your life is in the will of God every day of your life. 
Then second, gentlemen, what you and I got to do is it says in the reading today, if you remember, it says, just last week, rejoice always, always give thanks, rejoice always, pray always, and in every circumstance, give thanks. I said, all of us prayed for God's will yesterday, didn't we? And they all shook their head. Well, God just gave it to us. Are you thanking him for that? Oh. <laughs> and I says, hey, I'm miserable. Are you thanking God that Jesus Christ died for you? And we might have won the game today, but we won the game of eternal life. We're all going to heaven. Focus on that reality. And they go, oh. And slowly as we started to focus on what God has done for us, and the gods, and you'd see how these kids started to come alive. And how mass got more and more inviting and more invigorating because they thought, you know what? What's this compared to eternity? And that's what we got to do when it comes to all circumstances in our life. We cannot, we do not know what tomorrow brings. We don't know what next year brings. We don't know what's going to happen next week with Y2K. But who cares? The only thing we know is that God is in charge and that he loves me and that he is not going to let anything happen to me apart from his will if I but surrender my life to him. Huh? And so what you and I need to do, first of all, is say, as Mary said there in verse 38 of Luke 1. And if you don't have it underlined, you better, because this is what it's all about. Luke chapter 1, verse 38 says, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be done to me as you say. Now, again, that word in Latin is fiat. Let it be done to me. And I talked about this before, but what that means, it's not like, oh, okay, your will be done. We're not like Muslims to go around and say, what well, all the ones, all the gets. That ain't what we're talking about. We are talking about, God, it doesn't matter what I want. I will do my best for your glory. May your will be done. That's all I want in my life, God. Whatever you want, I want. Is that where you're at with God? Is that the way you and I approach God? God, it doesn't matter what I want. The only thing that matters is what you want. Let it be done to me. And then when he gives it to us, <laughs> I didn't like that, Lord, but I thank you because I prayed your will be done. Isn't it weird? Because we do it all the time, and I do it every morning, huh? Your will be done. And then some little stupid thing happens that day, and I start screaming at God. That isn't what I meant. And he says, but that's what I meant. Oh, hmm. You know, so that's what we got to do. Every day, we got to be, yes, God, your will be done. And when we do this, just as Mary brought Christ to the world, as we said in our prayer today, so do we bring Christ to the world. So do we bring Christ to our families, and we've talked about that before. But when that happens, the first place we bring Christ to is not so much to the world, but where do we bring him to first? Ourselves. The reality that Christ lives in you and I. And I'm going to raise focus a little bit on that today. So what I want you to do now is go and leave Luke and let's all go to 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 16. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 16. And here, what happens when a person says yes to God's will in their life, then God takes up residence inside of us. It happened when we got baptized, we gave our lives to Jesus Christ. But he takes up residence. And again, we say that, but we still don't really believe it. So I'm going to say a couple times here. Here, God's presence. Verse 16, 1, chapter, 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 16. Are you not aware that you are the temple of God and that the Spirit of God dwells within you? 
If anyone destroys God's temple, God will destroy him. For the temple of God is holy, and you are that temple. So again, when we have said yes to the will of God, we become the temple of God. We become the place that God dwells. Well, what's that mean? That means that I should never be one way in church and another way at my family. I should never be holy in church and another way when I'm working. I shouldn't be one way here. We need to be people of integrity because no matter where we are, God is. And again, I've used this example many times when I tell my kids to prep, huh? Or a gentleman, nobody here would ever go and have sex with your girlfriend in front of the tabernacle in a church, would you? And just the question makes them go crazy. Father, how could you even say that to me? Of course I wouldn't. Then don't you do it anywhere else. Because no matter where you are, you are the temple of God. That's what we believe. And he goes on there <laughs> to say that. Now let's go to another place where we can keep continuing this. Let's go to the, um, the end of, let's go to Ephesians, huh? Ephesians chapter 4. And here it says, in verse 21, chapter 2, verse 21. Through him, the whole structure is fitted together and takes shape as a holy temple in the Lord. In him, you are being built into this temple to become a dwelling place for God in the Holy Spirit. That you and I become the dwelling place of God. Let's go to another place. And this is uh, where the last one I'll give you for this. 2 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 5. 2 Corinthians chapter verse uh, chapter. 13, verse 5. And I have this underlined. And in my Bible, I have underneath it says, the test. Okay, and let's see if we can pass the test. It's what Paul's asking us today. 2 Corinthians, chapter 13, verse 5. Test yourselves to see whether you are living the faith. Here's Paul giving us a test. He says, test yourself to see whether you're the living the faith. Examine yourself. Perhaps you yourselves do not realize that Christ Jesus is in you, unless you, of course, you have failed the challenge. So he says, examine yourself, look at yourself. Can you pass the test? Do you believe, do you not know that Jesus Christ lives inside of you? And it happens when we say yes, so that not must be, as he's talking about, that we must be holy people, not good people. Everybody's a good person. We're creating the image and likeness of God. We must be holy people as Mary was. You know, when I was home for, uh, I had a wedding this past weekend, and I was watching EWTN, and uh, they had uh, the three things of mercy. And they had Sister Faustina, they had uh, uh, Father Colby, St. Maximilian Colby, and they had Pope John Paul II. And the thing that I was most impressed with was every one of them, the only thing they wanted was the will of Jesus Christ in their life. That's all they wanted. That's all every one of them lived for. And as I looked at that, I thought, boy, how far I am from that. How far I am from wanting to live everything. I want it in my mind. But they did it in reality. They lived Jesus Christ's will in their life. They knew that Christ was within them. They knew it. And they still know it in John Paul II. And so must we. We must become so transformed that our will and God's will becomes one and we are living witnesses of the will of God. That we know that no matter where I am, there is God. Not up here. You know, and I ask the kids, where is God? He's everywhere, Father. Nice. He's here. And you and I got to act like that no matter where we are. Christ is here. 
And I live that. And when you and I start believing that Christ lives within us, you know, then we can go to 1 Corinthians, I mean, uh, John's Gospel, chapter 14. And this will correspond with Luke, and it'll be the way we end this today. John, chapter 14, verse 12. And again, another one you should have underlined if it's not there. And I have it underlined on the side I put his promise. I solemnly assure you, the man who has faith in me will do the works that I do and far greater than me. That Jesus said that the works that he did, we'll be able to do what Jesus did. And he said even more, you'll be able to do even far greater than I did. And look at someone like Padre Pio for that, who could bilocate, who could do all these things. Never was it recorded in the Bible that Jesus did that. So Padre Pio did things even beyond Christ because Jesus was within him. He didn't do it because of Padre Pio. He did it because of Jesus. And I'm sure Jesus bilocated. I'm sure how we're hurrying, but it wasn't in the scripture. But whatever, all that stuff, Jesus said, you will do even greater than I do. Why? Because when you and I say yes to God's will, Jesus Christ take up residence inside of us. We become the incarnation of God in to every, uh, the world we live in today, to our families, to our friends. And then we've got to go back to Luke's gospel. It says, nothing is impossible for God. Lots are impossible for us, gentlemen and ladies. <laughs> Make that clear. But nothing is impossible for God. So today, Mary is our example to say yes to the will of God in our lives and to reach out for it. And then when we say yes, that God takes up residence inside of us and he becomes present to us no matter where we are, he becomes present to the world. And when we have that, we need to know that we are not weak people because we are strong in Christ. May each of you know God's love today and forever. Amen.